0: You're listening to Okay Now Listen, a bi-weekly show where we chat about what's on our minds, what we're binging, and what's blowing up our timelines. I'm Scotty Beam, a media personality, content creator, music enthusiast, and a wing connoisseur. I'm still eating meat, y'all. Yep.
1: (laughs) Forgot you were supposed to give a (laughs) meat. And I'm Sylvia O'Bell. I'm a culture writer, host, producer, and lover of Beyonce who just set the motherfucking record for the most Grammys won by a female artist that is correct Beyonce Giselle Knowles now has 28 28 and counting Grammys and and she's not even done yet because she's a savage period classy bougie ratchet bougie and motherfucking ratchet (laughs) now who said I gotta pick who said who said I gotta pick who said can we just can we just talk about this guy because you know I know just like I know you were floating over there just like I was during this moment because the fact that beyonce a that the televised award that she won the one that put her to the tie was her winning a rap a Grammy for rap she said oh I mean, come on Jay baby you thought you was gonna be the only one in this family with a rap Grammy that's funny. That's cute. I mean <laughs> Beyonce been a rapper for
0: a few years now. She, she so been I'm finally, out. I'm very happy. Yes. I'm very happy that she's getting the awards for it because she deserves. What she did on Ape Shit, to this ha. day.
1: To this the day. The lyricism. The flow. The breath control. The ly- it's really the breath control. Cause then nobody is, got breath control like Beyonce. She be fitting in mad bars. I'm trying to in, tell in, you in her flow. I'm trying to tell you. It's different. So I'm to tell you. I love that two black girls from Houston won best rap song. It's a very boys club-esque category, as you know well and good, Scotty. I said, oh, I know Champion Hoodie Twitter is probably very upset right now. And that's gonna be fine because <laughs> <laughs> Cause these two women be all their faves. But I <laughs> think White T Twitter.
0: Them niggas is pissed.
1: Pissed off. Mm. You hear me?
0: Mattress on floor, Twitter. They are pissed. Let's not talk about upset. let's hear him
1: out, Twitter, because they're they're upset. I saw somebody call it, I can't believe they went off a TikTok song. You damn right. And guess what? That TikTok song had better bars than a lot of these songs this year. So what you're not going to do is act like Beyonce didn't make us feel seen with her verse off of Savage, okay? If you don't jump to put jeans on, you don't feel our pain. So I get it. You don't feel
0: my pain. But Megan, girl. But Megan, Megan, she deserved. She deserved this. I keep saying this. I don't give a fuck if y'all are like, Comparing talent, comparing the work ethic. Let's talk about it. Her fucking work ethic through a pandemic, how she worked her ass off all year, despite all that was happening with her, what she was going through. She pushed past it and pushed through it and decided to work like that is very inspiring. I'm hoping she's in therapy and all that great stuff, too, but Girl,
1: I just love it all. Like it just, I just feel like, like you said, everything she went through this year built up, and it was like this moment. I feel like she earned, like everything. I everything she had to go through for it to get her to this moment was so beautiful. For her to now be the first female rapper to win Best New Artist since Lauryn Hill in 1999. I mean, yes, good decisions both times around. Like I, she worked her ass off, and she was on the charts. She was in the radios. As much as she was in y'all mouths, on brand uh,
0: partnerships, modeling, doing like different, like the yes. girl was everywhere, doing different shows, doing interviews. The girl was not saying no to nothing. nothing. She was in the street,
1: and I so yeah. So she, we are we are thrilled for Meg. The hotties are. I know Hot Girl Summer is going to be on three thousand this summer as a result, and I just love that. She got to share this. Like the only thing I can imagine better than winning a Grammy, your first Grammys, are winning them with Beyonce, and then Beyonce popping up, probably just for you, because you know her. The car, the car is definitely like they were running a a Sunday errand. Dre was in a black hoodie and a peacoat, like he was going to Whole Foods, and literally definitely going to Trader (laughs) Joe's. Like, and they literally pulled up mid ceremony. Just in time for her to win the uh, award with Megan and Megan's... The look on Megan's face, that's why I love Megan too, because she's so humble and she is all of us. Like, I feel like Megan reacts the way I think I would... Like, her shocked face, like Beyonce?
0: That's what I wrote on my Instagram caption. I said, Beyonce is really all of... I mean, Megan is really all of us, because while... She was on stage while Megan was on stage. Her mouth was open and my mouth is open <laughs> right? at the same time. Me and
1: both me and Megan but was like Megan and all of us, I like, was like literally huh? everybody. I feel like all of us were like, "Oh my God, it's Beyonce and she's on stage That's- with you, and you guys are accepting this together for Houston." And I just don't even know if Houston, are y'all all right? Are y'all still there? I have to, right.
0: <laughs> I have to commend Megan for. Putting a speech together because I wouldn't have been able by Beyonce because I wouldn't be able to do anything. I would have been like, you know, Beyonce, take it away, take it away. I I have literally I've been racking up all night. That's another thing, Megan, rack the fuck up, grab these awards. You deserve them, like every single one. You should have took Billie Eilish's, but that's beyond the fact. I wish Megan would have put her hand out like. Great, give it to so me. she had to be helpful. Give me the you know award. They, would
1: have, they would have attacked her for that. You know they would have. Give it, give it, to, but I love that Billy. I love the young Billy pulled in Adele. I love our our white allies. <laughs> Shout out to y'all. But like that that Billy girl's too sweet though. And her, I like that song. So I was like, I don't know. It felt like yeah. it didn't feel as bad as it felt when Taylor keeps winning album of the year despite not being Stevie Wonder. Anyway, don't get me into the Grammys. I just need y'all to know, because clearly, I know I see y'all rocking Beyonce up with these numbers. Y'all clearly want the good sis back on your performance stage, but I'll tell you what: until you went give us go back in history and make up for not giving Lemonade or self-titled the album of the year award, you're never gonna be right with the Beehive, and that's on that's on Blue Ivy. So that's why I gotta say shout about to that.
0: Blue Ivy who also has a damn Grammy. Like, get with it. Get lost.
1: Legacy. That's all I have on my chest, Scottie. How How's your week been? <laughs> how's your week been? My week was great. I decided it, you
0: know, because it was Women's History Month, I was going to be a new bitch, you know, just a new one. And I said, I hit my friend up, Don, and I said, yo, Don, make me a wig. You know, I'm trying to channel somebody else. And she said, great, I got you, girl. Made me an amazing wig. Mm. Like when I went to the salon, she put it on me. It was cute. Everything was down and it made, like (laughs) I just felt, I felt so bad, like beautiful, like bad. And then I went home (laughs) and I took all the pictures I could take and I loved them. And then the next day happened where I had to take it off in order to like go to sleep and stuff like that. And then I put it back on and it just, I'm not doing something right. I need to sit and commend those that can do hair. That's one. I can't do hair. Clearly, (laughs) I am incapable of doing anything with hair. I lack the technique, the skill, the talent. I have none of that.
1: Got it.
0: I wanted to experiment with wigs, but it looks like wigs don't want to experiment with me. And I get it. Like, I'm listening to that. <laughs> That's, and I've understood that. Is that is You don't
1: want to put in the effort to let wigs have fun with you. That's the thing. It's a challenge. But it's usually, and here's the thing. And this is why I feel like it's like what may be depressing for you. Usually, I feel like when you get a custom unit, which Dawn does do custom units. Dawn did mine. And she is amazing at what she does. She's incredible. Incredible. It fits. It fits. But here's the thing: usually, women are like, "But you know what? I paid too much money, and I do my hair is not prepared to be taken out from underneath this. So I'm gonna have to figure it out. I'm. Gonna, it's that type of pressure. That's the pressure that has to be there sometimes. And you don't need. You not have that pressure. You don't got that pressure. No, I do. I do have that pressure. That <laughs> <laughs> so you could just. Hang I got just... your little braids, and your hair will be blue, blue, no. and it's good to go. I, but I
0: couldn't do that. I couldn't do that last week. I needed to because I didn't have time to take it out and then, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. wash my hair, condition it, do all that stuff. So I had to, but it just, the lace wasn't, I don't and know the line what's
1: happening. The line is stressful. I'll give you that. Like yes. the line in the part is very stressful because yes. it's like, especially the first time I did the unit, because I didn't wear my first wig until I was 26 or 7. And like, it, and I literally, we're so stressed out about that line, that little line between the middle part. And everybody kept telling me, like, you know, smooth your little baby hairs, like gel your baby hair over it, and it should take care of itself. But I it's just, it's a very scary thing. You're better than me. I didn't take off my wig the first week. I wore it like it was a sewing. Like I just slept on my stomach because I just knew I wouldn't be able to do it the same way. That Dawn did. Like, I was so afraid. I couldn't. I can't do it it the way
0: that Dawn did.
1: And so she's going to get on
0: FaceTime with me and walk me through the steps. Because she did give me a step-by-step, by by the way, guys. She really told me what I have to do every time I put it on. (laughs) She tried her best. I bought everything, you know, from the hot comb to everything. To to make sure everything is smooth. But it's hard. It's so much work. And so I was like, okay, um... I'm just gonna take some time. I gotta take a full day to really <laughs> learn how to do this. And then like I'm still sitting with the can they see it? Can they see the lace? Can they see the lace? Like that's all I keep asking. Like, it's oh my gosh, the lace is laughing at it. me.
1: It's laughing at me. Yes. My lace is laughing <laughs> at me and at I
0: don't know how to do it.
1: Girl, I used to wear hats with my wig so much in the beginning because I was so nervous about that and I had to get to work that's what that's I the did pressure. that's the pressure you need though you need to be like the A train is coming in 15 minutes if I miss it I'm not gonna make it to work on time and I gotta get that's this wig exactly together like you need the pressure to like make it happen that's how that's the only way I had to figure it out it's like I needed it to but be then, survival but then I'll mode. just wear a
0: hat with it all the time Like, I wear a hat all the time and then not be able to, and then not do it. You know, like, I wore a bandana with it. I wore a do-rag with it. I wore a hat with it. I've done everything with it, like, on top of my head, but. Whew, I am? That poor. And weird. I and also, guys, by the way, I don't know how to do my own baby hair. So nonetheless, like baby, I can't. It's just a gel. I'm I feel trying. Like I,
1: fail, I failed you as a friend. I didn't know. I didn't yes, know. you did. Yeah. I didn't all, know. All, I didn't, yeah, didn't, all my know. black.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. You <laughs> at, don't. Don't think I'm gonna tell you no. Absolutely, you did. All of y'all failed me with teaching me about my hair or how to do my hair. It just always None, looks like you None, including my mother. Shout out to
1: my mom. <laughs> it just looked like you knew because your hair always looks good.
0: Listen, <laughs> all of y'all failed me. <laughs> okay. And, and, you know, that's all. That's the, that's the only point that I'm trying to make. That's actually what I'm trying to say <laughs> on Women's History Month. <laughs> My friends (laughs) failed me, including Sylvia. Okay. Thanks. And for (laughs) Women's History Month, how about y'all all all hit me up on FaceTime and teach me how to do this. Thank you. Okay.
1: Well, it seems like our good sis Dawn
0: is going to do that. Um, and no, no, no. I need all of y'all. Even when I don't have the wig on, I want hair tutorials. styles for me and well, my, my hair. my
1: thing is limited, too. You need to get what I... You need to talk to the good sis G who be doing her own box braids and stuff. Like, that's a whole nother level. Oh, no, no, for no, no, For me, no, 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 no. I'm just like, can I maintain I got the what I got? I ain't You know, it's here and there. But I hear you, and I'm really glad that I'm you were able to... I got the strength in my
0: knuckles for that. ...experience this
1: journey as a black woman. It's a rite of passage to try and get, you know, your first wig. And Wherever that wig is now, I just wanted to know that it's loved and it looked great. I saw photos and it's- First of all, know, it's on the styrofoam head. Again. I hope she gets to live again. She will.
0: Her name, first, we don't have to say she, her name is Tiffany. Okay,
1: cute, cute, and cute. And she will,
0: she will go and and do that again. We will do it. It's on the styrofoam head right now. <laughs> it's sitting really cute in my closet. Okay, it's It's perched. It's just, I need help. And that's it, you know? I'm really glad that I was able to accept this reality about myself. It's important to know yourself, Sylvia, and it's important for you to know me,
1: you know? <laughs> it absolutely is, and it's important for you to know me. That's why I, re- and, and it's important for me to know me, right? <laughs> and where That's I'm right. going with this is, I recently got to know myself a little bit better after finding my diary from 15 years ago when I was 16 years old. Turning 17, it goes to 18. I just, I really couldn't even believe I had discovered such a gem and that it was on me and it's all so much to take in.
0: Oh, no. Oh, wait. I need to hear all about this 16-year-old Sylvia because I already have an
1: idea of what my
0: good sis was talking about <laughs> at 16. Exactly so let's get into it. Oh, I, I know.
1: I know so. Let's get into it. Okay. So a few episodes back, we were talking about our heartbreaks, right? And it was really bothering me that I couldn't remember specific details about the the very first iteration of my breakup with the guy I was talking about. And I happened to come across like a bunch of my diaries, right? Because I have a few from different sectors of my life. Mm-hmm. So I was opening them in because I knew one of them, the college one at least, had the second breakup. But then I realized I had my high school one. I hadn't I think it got snuck in with like some of the boxes my mom dropped off when she kicked my me and my things out of her house permanently. And I was so stunned that like I had to I really spent I stayed up all night reading it like it was a YA novel. Like it was a young adult novel that wasn't about me. There were plot twists I didn't see coming, characters I had forgotten about. And it's like, baby, let me tell you. If I had this diary during that recording, I could have just read directly from it. Because I really thought I was Moesha. I mean, didn't we all? In (laughs) Jesus' name. So, here's an entry from August 27th, 2007. So, I met this guy at the movies a couple weeks back. Okay? He was shy and quiet, but in his own way. And we exchanged numbers and screen names. He has a sidekick too, so <laughs> cause I had a sidekick. Shout out to the sidekick. So we I M'd each other a lot, texted and and exchanged a few phone calls. Then he asked me out on a date. This kind of surprised me because I've never been asked out on a date by someone who wasn't my boyfriend. Mm, this was a real right. mi- milestone for me. But he, oh, so here's the embarrassing part. But he wanted to take me to Red Lobster and I just couldn't pass that up. <laughs> So I agreed to go. So wait, Red Lobster was like a five Michelin star restaurant against to me at the time. Ah, uh, the Red Lobster is so embarrassing. Thank you to Beyonce for classing it up a little bit for those of us. She I'm about to say, there ain't
0: nothing embarrassing about Red
1: Lobster. Shout out to Cheddar because at the Biscuits. time, let me tell you something. if you growing up in Jersey. The red lobsters on rule one. That was a fancy dinner. I will eat red lobster
0: to this day. So do. <laughs> Go
1: ahead, Sylvia. Keep going. Okay. So the date apps, according to t- back to teenage Sylvia, the date absolutely exceeded my expectations. He was very sweet and respectful. Also very quiet. He's also too fly. <laughs> In parentheses, I love a man that can dress. <laughs> And when and when you mean can dress, what did you mean? Child, he was probably in the best against all odds hat exactly. offer. Okay? The best against, against all, all odds, odds hat offer. out uh, to no, be Richmond. To <laughs> um his boys are too funny. Two of them crashed our date for a few minutes. So after we ate, we went back um to his house for a little while and watched TV. Then Hold on. The next time we hung out, he brought me McDonald's too. Two extra points for him, LOL. It was cool. Um, we started to relax around each other, but then he left thinking, okay, let me let me fast forward because here was the part that cracked me up too. As if that wasn't enough, Sunday night I was bored. So I hit him up and he came and we watched Wild and making the band for finale. I just want y'all to know that Teenage Sylvia picked all five people that she wanted to be in day 26 before Diddy <laughs> picked them. And I made sure to note that in my diary, I said, side note, Diddy picked the five people I wanted him to pick. Robert, Willie, Q, Brian A, and Mike. Because mm. I knew that was going to be the band. Okay, Shout, Shout out to, to Q, Q T-
0: child. Q, I loved him. I loved him. <gasps> that was my meme. Baby, Just he turned me out to be that. a little
1: emotional once the show oh, continued yeah, on. But, but in the this. beginning... I was all for it. Him and Dawn, I, I was all for it. I, I was loved all it. for it. Ooh, 2007, good. what a year. But anyway, so I think what cracked me up about this was I literally just was like, just I had met a guy. I thought it was cute, and I started to like him. And uh, it was just really funny to me that that was the first time I had gone on a date, and that with a boy who wasn't my boyfriend, it was a red lobster. That so was that's one adorable. entry. Um, awesome it was lobster. very normal, you know, whatever. Another a quick thing I want to highlight here too that I thought was very cute was there's an entry here from high school when two high school alum came to speak to our cl- our school and one of the girls were one of the women worked at MTV and she was an executive and in the diary entry I write Um, It was how inspiring it was for me to see somebody from my high school go on to work at MTV and how I hope one day maybe I could do something like that. Like it was literally like me writing down like the first time I had thoughts of like... Being like something that seemed very unattainable to me. And it was because this woman came back to our high school to talk to us and be like, I was here with you. And I was like, she was just like me. She was the only black girl in all her honors classes. And, you know, she did this, this, and that. And I just felt really seen by it. Maybe if she could make it, maybe I could too. Like, I just love that, like, reading that now and knowing that I've worked with Viacom a bunch just really touched my heart. Because I was like, teenage Sylvia would have been proud. The second entry I'm gonna read is New Year's, but it's a bit—it's a little spicy, a little bit more because it's like me yes. realizing I'm stuck between two guys, and I don't even. So you can't tell me you don't like know. This. Thank I just, you. I know. I didn't remember. Like, listen, we're gonna we're gonna talk about we're gonna get into this later, but I need to reconnect. With 17 year old Sylvia, because 17 year old Sylvia, I don't know where I lost her, but we're, we're gonna get to that later. Was so savage. here goes. So this was January 1st, 2008. Happy New Year, 2008, finally. I never thought this year would get here, because you know that's the year we grab. It seems so far away when I was younger, me at 17. It seems so far away when I was younger. Now it's here. The year I've been counting down to, this will probably be the biggest year of my life. (laughs) That's what I wrote. This will be the biggest year of my life. Um, I graduate and go away to college this year. I turn 18 this year prom, debutante ball are all this year. And come August, I was, I was a debutante too. And come August, I'll be on my own for the first time ever. It's scary and exciting all, all at the same time. This is my year. And unlike last New Year's, I have good I have good vibes. Just a note, I've been saying good vibes since 2008. That's why the people need to know that. Um, and high hopes about this year. It's already started off with a bang let me tell you why redacted came home for christmas and new year's we got into it last night because i feel like he wants me to be at his beck and call like if he wants Mm. to see me or go somewhere with me he expects me to be able to go every time and he also expects for me to go see him but i don't have that kind of freedom or transportation. Like, have y'all met right. my mother? <laughs> so, right. he he makes me feel as though I can't make him happy. So last night I mm-hmm. ended things because I'm not starting the New Year off with that type of drama. Look at me. Look at me. Drop sweat that nigga. <laughs> yeah, yes, go ahead. Tell you. So I said and then I said, "Well, this morning he shows up at my house asking to talk." boys showing up at my house in high school after I break up with them the day before? Well, I don't know, stop talking because it wasn't like he was my boyfriend, whatever. So basically he says that he can't let me go and doesn't want to have to get over me. He said we could work things out if we tried and change some things about ourselves and that he's not normally the type to do this. Normally he'd let the girl go and keep it moving but for some reason he couldn't with me. For the first time, I actually believed that maybe he loves me. Mm. Before he left, he asked me not to fall in love with anyone else while we tried to work this out. And here goes the plot twist. But my worry wasn't falling in love with someone else. It was already being in love with someone else. Someone who I have Mm. always loved long before redacted. See, God number two and I had been spending a lot of time together and you know, we've been—he's been coming to my job at the mall, and this all started happening when he helped, you know, us move into the new house. And him and his girl broke up. Oh, actually, I'll say this to say this is the guy. This is the boyfriend who ended up getting back with. So essentially. Mm. I'm over here like, oh, this guy just told me, you know, this guy just told me not to fall in love with anybody else and that he wants to try to make things work. But also, then my ex boyfriend was coming into the picture again and was mm. trying to get back, which we knew because what we say, these boys are what? They always boomerangs, come back. baby. Hello. Boomerangs. They always come back. So basically, it's me talking about how. On the other side of this, I have this, the, this guy ex who I'm already in love with who now is broken up with the rebound chick he was with and is apologized for everything and admitted that he was wrong and that, you know, basically that she was me and that he knew that. So mm-hmm. now I'm, and so the diary entry ends with, so tonight me and some of our, him, me and some of our other friends all went to the movies and on the way home, he drove to one of our old spots and we kissed. The drama. I was like, so let me get this straight. The same morning I had somebody come to my door. At the end of the night, there was a, another guy. Like, and I went to another the movies man. with him. And I was like, yes. look at me juggling. Look at me juggling. And we kissed. And Absolutely. now I'm freaking out because I don't know what it means or what comes next. I just know I'm in trouble.
0: <laughs> dun, dun, <Wow>. dun. <laughs> i left me with a clipping. I just know I'm in trouble. <laughs> that... I, I love those. those I love like, those are so pure those too. They were like, so pure in like, mm. high school, just like high
1: school stuff. God,
0: that you know, th- and that was the only worries. Like that was it. You didn't
1: have bills, just boys in school. Okay, so that's just a peek at teenage Sylvia, and you know her juggling ass. What?
0: <laughs> so when Sylvia had brought this up, guys, I was like, damn, I don't really have any you know, journal entries from high school, but I definitely have some from middle school uh, from 11 to 13, okay? Um, this is the book. If you're just listening to this, it is a small <laughs> little journal uh, with one side that says happy and one side that says sad, which means, you know, this part of the book, I write I write about sad things. In this part of the book, I write about happy things. Just to, I need to, throw a few disclaimers out there. Uh, I didn't write my feelings like a letter. I wrote them like how, (laughs) (laughs) I I wrote them in raps, guys.
1: Oh, Um, hmm.
0: I was dangerous minds on steroids. So think think dangerous minds, but more dangerous, like lethal. Or
1: for the kids who are too old, young to know what dangerous minds is, maybe think Issa Rae, awkward black girl, but a (laughs) preteen. Think awkward black girl,
0: preteen, but who listens to 50 Cent too much. All right. Um, Just want to throw that out there. Also, guys, (laughs) yes, want to throw that out there. I was living in the Bronx at the time. Um, Bronx was the only thing I knew. Uh, I didn't move to New Jersey until I was 13, 14. Well, 14. But here it is. I can only hope that you guys um, don't judge, but... See me a little bit more clearly, okay? (laughs) Um, I'm gonna read a entry from uh, My Happy Side. This is My Happy Side. Uh, Um, Here we go. (laughs) What do you do when you sad and lonely? People mad phony, the world turns on me. When the alarms clock and the people drop. No more, keep it away, don't let it stay. Mad people dying, afraid of flying, crying, sighing. <laughs> Wish for one day to say, I love you. I adore you. I care for you. So make the best of your days because one day you could just fade away. Happy Valentine's Day.
1: <laughs> Happy Valentine's
0: If you're watching this, guys, please look at the Happy Valentine's Day.
1: Oh, you did your watch just like the girls from high school used to. Duh-duh. When you would put that little extra hook underneath the why. I guys, am crying. The plot twist that it was Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Ooh. Day. Um I mean that you got is... some rhymes off. You got some bars I mean, off for in there. A I, there fact. was a TikTok clock. There I mean, was like a TikTok clock. Yeah, when,
0: when the pool. alarms, when the alarms <laughs> clock and people drop where I don't know she's like, am I saying dead I don't know but either way
1: drop. the people are dropping you you're either dropping them or they're getting dropped we don't know <laughs>
0: <laughs> wait so so Yes, um, that's just, that's just happy, Dianne. So I just want you to, I want you to gauge. That was, ha- that was happy. How dark of that a ha- kid I was. That was I happy, was. Dianne? That was happy, Dianne. This is Valentine's oh. Day. This is my favorite holiday. So uh, I... um, as you can see, <laughs> as it you was can very know, important for me. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I hope you learned that I'm afraid of flying and crying and sighing. Okay, so yeah, that's one. <laughs> um, also I I am a big poetry head. Like I've always been big into poetry. You are
1: you the way the amount of disclaimers you are throwing out. I,
0: I just want cause you know, I know just... I know that some people are gonna say this book needs to be examined for, you know, like <laughs> children's psychiatrists or something. And I and I get it. And I and I will turn it in if you guys need it.
1: Continue this. Right. Um, Let's go.
0: <laughs> this is this is about a girl that I fought in school. I couldn't stand her at all. Um okay. And here it goes. Two redacted. Girl, you ain't nobody. Mm. You think you hot, go ask somebody. They hate you, fool. And if you were to talk about me, it wouldn't be in school. You know how I go. We fought a go, slapped you three times in a row, saw spit from your mouth. I would have knocked you out, spanked teeth Ah. from your mouth. Bernard don't even like you. I don't even know who Bernard is. Shout out to Bernard. Shout out to Bernard. (laughs) Got the old people putting you on smash. You think you got cash? Ha, ha, ha. I laugh. (laughs) Wait, Jacob the Euler is where you spend your stash. Jacob the Euler, not Jacob the, Jacob the Jeweler. Jacob the Euler.
1: Jacob the Euler, (laughs) a play on words, if you will.
0: (laughs) Yo, wait, (laughs) another thing, don't come in pink, blue and smiley faces. It ain't real dummy, go ask your mother. And if she says yes, she's a lie. You think she's spending a buck 50 on you? She'd rather die. And you ain't from the Bronx, baby, ride or die. When the guns cock back, you better hide because it's Deonnie coming through to find you. That ain't no lie. And watch your brains fry and die.
1: Wow. I wow I I just felt like there should have been like a <laughs> nut at the end of that. <laughs> it's like what the fuck You were so yeah. angry. Yo, you were so This is like some gangster rap. Yeah. Like this is like Yo. when you described her spit flying out of her mouth when you slapped her. That's right. Like I was. I felt like I was there. You know, like you really. I, des- it's the descriptive. That's quality one thing. Of the I wanted to make sure, sure I was
0: colorful with my words to make you sure you painted a that picture. That I painted I felt like the I watched picture. The mural was there. I that saw y'all it. Happen. Saw it happened exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, that's what I was all about. As long as it wrapped, um I mean, it, it rhymed. Let me tell you something. Uh, I was gonna. I was. I was gonna do it. You know. And so that was from my happy side again. That was that the was happy, from side. Your
1: happy side.
0: Um, if I could read you one
1: of my sad ones, I can only mm. imagine. If that was happy, mm. I don't know if we're ready to know. I don't know what either. Sad and angry sounds like, but
0: yeah, from the Bronx, don't give a damn. Lean back before I
1: snatch a man. That was one. That that's a that's oldie that but is a hit. That's, Man. That that should have been on Joe's uh, Lean Back yeah, remix. Exactly. If you would have finished it, like I feel like you were really going somewhere with that one. Yeah. Terror um, Squad.
0: It's hard in the life for a ghetto girl. Everything going <laughs> wrong in her gangster world. 13 and live a crazy life. What was so hard about your life 13?
1: Sweetheart? You said 13 and live a crazy life. <laughs> I don't know. And I feel like the world was really robbed of a great MC. If you if you had continued to hone this talent, we might have really had a whole different type of career on our hands. Like Right. And I,
0: I, I truly should have held on to this talent. But, you know, I decided to let it go, you know, uh, seek therapy. Thank God.
1: And Let it go. I am so happy my mom didn't find this book. I'm really interested in the fact that like it, you chose to express yourself instead of writing like how I did like just diary entries because I really dial with Moesha just talking about you know being 16 and what it meant to me and you know these like situations with boys and you know like dreams and heartbreaks and like all of these narratives and you like I chose to express mine like a narrative way and you chose to express yours like like a you know spoken word rap freestyle I really feel you know like deaf jam, poetry, all of those things like also was a big thing for me. Do you recall why you chose to do it in that format? Like what did when you went back and read these old entries, like what self realizations did you come through? Come to? Did you have any? Cause I feel like I had so many. I
0: realized that I was always dark. I've always been, I always say to myself, Danny, why are you so damn dark? Like mentally I'm I'm I am a dark girl like I'm I'm pretty emo and there's some emo shit in there if I read to y'all y'all will literally call the closest therapist <laughs> and be like what's happening because um that raw way of thinking was was always my way like I never filtered myself especially when I was with myself like so a lot of these entries I was very honest and i think the only way to make it feel better was through song or writing like it was a song or writing it like it was poetry because i saw poetry as being so beautiful so i thought that a lot of the things that i was feeling was like so ugly at the time but i felt like if i did it in poetry it would it would make it sound beautiful and and make it sound like it had it made sense Cause a lot, I, especially in middle school, mm. I was I was conflicted. I was, of course I was a girl, but I was like, I was always into fighting. I was always into, and not just fighting like, oh, fighting the girl in school. I liked boxing. I liked, you know, watching people fight mm-hmm. um, professionally. I liked things like that. So that's, you know, that's seen as like, oh, that's boy stuff, that's boy stuff. So I never really knew who I was, what kind of person I was, and and also I enjoyed rap a lot. Like I listened to rap a lot. I didn't really. You know,
1: we could tell you about that. You've been about right, that, like right. you've been about. And so that there
0: life. was this. I do have like one thing in here about love, um, but I know for a fact that it ain't got nothing to do with me. It probably was me listening to my aunts or my mom, <laughs> and then being like, "How could you play me?"
1: i trying to right
0: and wrote something (laughs) around, somebody playing me. What did it teach you, Sylvia? I'ma find it, but what did it teach you?
1: You know what, it was really interesting and it's so hard to even like, sometimes I'm even thinking like, did I read the right entries? But like, it showed me that there was a version of myself I forgot about, Mm -hmm. essentially. Like, it was very clear to me like how much lighter I seemed in spirit and like it made me almost sad because it kind of made me realize like how much the world or life has taken that from me. Like that lightness mm-hmm. away, like that free spiritness away. And a way like because even like when we talk about like what I may or may not have the courage to do, I feel like I've become so much more fearful. Yeah since I was a teenager and I and I can think of things that made me that way. I can think about things that have hardened me or like, you know, like heartbreaks that have made me less like exciting and flirty and girly or all these other things. But it was really something to see that I used to be bold enough to do things like you know, talk, like, you know, be like, uh, this guy was here and then now I'm talking to this guy and oh, I got four numbers. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a diary entry when I went to, on a college tour and I went to Atlanta and talked about how I got four numbers when I was in Atlanta or like, me talking about when I like, you know, put my number in some boy's phone because I liked him just to see if he would call me and he did and how we ended up talking and I'm like, how come I can't be like that now? Right. Or like, how come I forgot that? Because I, I, like, you know, we've had plenty of talks. Our listeners know us at this point. Like where I'm coming to you and it's like, that's you, right? You're talking to me about like, here's how you have a roster. Here's how you do these things. Like here's the da, da, da. And I'm like, how did I completely forget?
0: Because life, I mean, but like, don't beat yourself up over it because life happens. You know, we have a lot of stuff that's going on, like a lot that's going on. A lot that we're learning about ourselves as grown women too, and when we're doing that, we forget about the child us, and yeah, how much the child us never leaves. Like it didn't go nowhere. It's there, but it's waiting for you to yeah, it's waiting for you to play with her so that you know she yeah. can she can have some fun too. Because I think as long as we keep that childlike mindset, just a, a slither of it, you know. I don't. I'm not saying right. everything, but I think that's how you live. A joyful life like a fun yeah. life a life that is full of laughter so I do because yeah, it was like fun
1: right I was I mean and I still consider myself to be fun now yes I just think I was a lot bolder like the way I'm very I think I'm bold in certain areas of my life and what and I think why the entries of me like talking to boys in high school like is what I veered to is because like that's a part of my life where I feel like I'm not as bold anymore. Right. And so like it was really interesting to see that. And I think I was also really struck by like how responsible and thoughtful I was. Like I love the fact that I at 17, 16, I'm like, this guy wants me to be wherever he wants me to be. And like I'm not about to be at his beck and call. I don't have those kind of freedoms versus being like, yeah, I'm gonna sneak out, go do what he wants and like ruin my life for him. You know what I mean? Like I love that teenage Sylvia was like, no, we got we got stuff to do. We got plans. I ain't getting grounded over you. And it's like <laughs> you could You can text me back when you're done being mad or not, because I got this. These two other people who I can text in the meantime or whatever else. Like I just loved how unbothered. That's the word I'm looking for. Like I was so unbothered. I mean, I was very heartbroken. Like (laughs) those heartbreak entries Mm -hmm. are a thing in here, and um, I feel like I was. I had really good decision-making skills even back then, and I was really impressed by that and proud of that. Mm -hmm. I think for sure. And then the other thing that I think but was also really interesting to me was how little I wrote about the stuff my family was going through at that time. Mm. Like this is this diary, this journal is very much about me, my friends, high school, like boys like all of that stuff, but I was suppressing so much the pain of like like I'd barely talk about like that my par- like we had moved. It. This was like the like the second year. Like first full year we lived outside of like that I was going every other week into my dad's house and that like you know like my mom had full you know had most of the custody and like how we were all living apart for the first time and like you know like all of these things that were happening in my family life I didn't really write about it and I think it like to me I as an adult looking back I'm thinking like where is this stuff kind of was happening during that time mm-hmm. but I'm also realizing like while I was suppressing it because what does a teenage do? I guess like as a teenager, you're not mature enough to be like, I have to deal with this head on. I was very much like, I'm going to distract myself with all of these teenage like things and not think about it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, I, it was really, I mean, clearly it was affecting me. <laughs> <And> yes. <laughs> yeah, you wrote about a, it. It was affecting me. <laughs> I, I wrote about it. I wrote about it in my, um and as a rap, of course, because. You know, I. That's how what I do, but it was clear. You know, I was very serious. I, I was like, I'm writing this out of hate, shame, and guilt. Like, this was an 11, 12 year old, <laughs> right, who knew for a fact a that that their father was trying to pull pull the okey doke, and I was so hurt. And you could tell, like, I was I was so hurt because I was underline certain words mm-hmm. because I wanted, you know, to get the point. I don't even understand why I would underline them, meaning like I would give it to him because when, but I was like, this was obviously the only place where I could tell anyone how I feel and when I mean anyone, I mean myself. You know, at the time, I, I liked music, I, liked, I did regular kid stuff, but in my mind, I was seriously... Looks like a 16, 17-year-old girl wanting to fight all the time, you know, yeah. as, at 11, 12. So, you know, I feel like a lot of that aggression came from the neglect from my father. And mm-hmm. a lot of that shows in my book, in this book here. Um, but yeah, and also with love. I don't got nothing. No, I have a crush. I have nobody I like... I wasn't really, I kept hearing bad reviews about love. And so I was
1: <laughs> bad like, yeah, reviews. I'm going to. You were also I'm young. Go. Like this wasn't teenage you Yeah. Like, I feel like if this was like you as a teenager, there'd be a lot more boy action up in there. Right. Do you have anyone last one you want to hit us with as we, as we close out? Cupid, don't try nothing stupid. <laughs> exactly what i Can said. we, wait, can we, here's a parallel. Here's a parallel real quick. I want to give the people. Your talk about Cupid entry is what? Say it again.
0: Cupid, don't try nothing stupid.
1: And then like meanwhile, I go into expressive detail about the best kiss I had in my teenage years. Like there's like an entry where I'm over here like, Oh my god! And it wasn't like the ex guy I was with. It was like I had like somebody else outside, like a guy who I was talking to, and he kissed me. And I and I went like I like, obviously I was so moved by the kiss that literally I was like wrote in details. He finally gave me another hug goodbye. But when I turned my head, he kissed my cheek. When I looked at him, he looked at me back in my eyes, and he kissed me. Finally, it was a good kiss too. Nice length, speed, and technique. Lol. He's texting me saying he wants to come back. I guess your girl still got it, I guess. And i like, <laughs> like, what? girl still, still got, got it, I guess. guess. I had a little rhyme too, I had a little rhyme too. A little rhyme. It's so important to look back at your past self and recognize that things you went through were all part of a process. That there were lessons that needed to be learned and things that you can look back at now and look back and think like, what the hell was I thinking? Or like, wow, that was really inspiring. Or, wow, I, I ended up doing that after all. Or like, no, baby girl, that's not going to be your worst day. This isn't going to be your best day ever. It gets so much better. And I think that's the one thing I wish... Like, I even ended the journal. Like, I, I decided to go and put an entry as 31-year-old me. Because personally, I sometimes write diaries as... I, I plan to give these to my kids. Like, my kids. Like, I hope my granddaughter one day can read this. Like honestly. So for me, I really loved I, I, I It was very important for me to go back and put like, here's 31 year old Sylvia checking in and here are all the things you thought weren't going to happen for you that did. And then like, here are all like the things in the hair, like you don't even remember half of these boys, like you did da, da, the da, da like you went on to even do bigger than what you thought you could do. And like, you would be so proud of yourself. You would probably be horrified about some things, but you would also be so proud of yourself. And I just love that I was able to go in and round it out in that way because I think that's what's beautiful. It's supposed to be a snapshot of growth, you know?
0: Absolutely, Sylvia.
1: Okay, so before we go, we just have to talk about some of the shows we've been binging because there's a lot, but let's keep it to two that we are equally obsessed with. Starting off with Behind her eyes, a.k.a. leave white people alone, b.k.a. stay out of crazy white people business. Like, let me just set it up for people who have not gone through the mind fuck that is this show. It's about a single black mother in the UK, I believe. And she goes to the bar and meets this guy who turns out to be, and it's not a plot Stealer, because it happens early on. He turns out to be the new therapist that's going to be working in her building. Like she's an assistant secretary for it. And she finds out he's married. They had met that one night in the premiere. They had a kiss. She finds out he's going to be her boss and that he's married. And instead of doing the smart thing, which is leave this white man alone, she gets caught into the web that is these two's marriage. And honestly, just because this show has been out so long, I don't feel like we're spoiling anything, but spoilers ahead if you don't wanna be spoiled, because I feel like there's no way we can talk about this without talking about the ending. This is your warning. But the sci-fi plot twist of this show <laughs> that hits you mid-season. Well, you're thinking it's the casual story of a mistress and a married man, and is he gonna leave him or not? Is the wife gonna catch him? Oh my God, what's gonna happen? But no, apparently the wife got these superpowers where she can travel in her dreams into real life people's homes and do things. And she realizes that the black woman who her husband is sleeping with, she befriends her and realizes that she probably has the same gift. So it's almost like two parallel storylines are happening. It's like Louise is sleeping with her married boss and then at the same time, befriending his wife because they ran into each other outside the office and she was like oh we're new in town we have no friends so like I would love to spend time with you but just don't tell my husband that we're hanging out so she's keeping two secrets from a married couple and if it's not the plot ain't thick enough it turns out that the wife Adele has these powers where she can travel in dreams and realizes that Louise can as well and By the end of the series, Louise is dumb ass. Despite 17,000 warnings from the people around her will not let this white couple go to the point where when things blow up, Adele basically sets her up in a situation where they switch bodies. Like, and I just didn't even know that that was a thing. Like I imagined a lot of endings for this show. I imagined that like Adele beat her ass, maybe even killed her. You know what I mean? But I did not know that Adele would possess the powers to leave her body and then Louisa's body and then they would switch. I'm going to tap in Scotty because what the fuck? White audacity
0: (laughs) can step its foot outside of this reality realm. I feel like they have another infinity stone where they decide to say, fuck it. I'm going to switch bodies. With a whole black woman. A whole black woman who has a son, by the way.
1: Adam! And my poor baby. Shout out,
0: shout out to Adam. I, I hope you're okay, Adam. You know, much respect.
1: Hold it um, down, P.O.P.
0: Oh, please, P.O.P. Lord, find your father somewhere.
1: I hope he got but, custody, Jesus.
0: <sighs> but I thought about my good sis Louise and I said, we got to get you some more dick
1: because. <laughs> Maybe at maybe David was laying it down. Ain't no David way. David had Louise dickmatized. Ain't no way. Louise was gave it all up. Literally, I could have found Skepta
0: somebody Skepta. in there to lay it down because David was not like that. Okay, and the friend was weird enough. Yeah, the wife. Yeah, it's like she's she's strange. I would never befriend somebody who is weird like that. Like I'm good and the coincidence of like bumping into you and stuff like that. I don't like that. So I'm just going to stay away from it. And. It just shows you how compassionate of a people we are, where she felt bad enough to be like, oh, she don't got no friends. I'm going to be her friends. And look what they did to you, sis. They killed. took advantage of you. They literally-
1: Killed you. Literally killed you. I guess the, the real plot was is that David really did love her enough to marry her because that's what happens. But what he doesn't know is- That's not her. Like, it's not her. And performed my worst fear, which is becoming a
0: white woman. <laughs> The end of your day. Cause of is death being Becoming a white a woman. woman. Are you crazy? I that let me tell you something that about a horror film. Scary. I was like, nigga. I was in there it. I said, oh, Sylvia got me watching. She said she don't like horror shit. This is
1: horror. <laughs> this is no way. A fucking sci-fi <laughs> shit. No, this shit is horror. I was too deep in. They saved the sci-fi for the end. So I was like, I had to know what happened. So now I'm watching. I did not expect it. I mean, once I realized that they could switch bodies, I said, Adele better not. But when Adele set her up to die inside that house by looking like it was a suicide. As a white woman. As a white woman. Because this white woman doped her body up with like heroin or something before she switched her body with you. So that when she took over your body and your soul had nowhere else to go but hers, she couldn't move and she's in the bed and the house is on fire. And then so they switch bodies and she drags her out the house and lets her die from the overdose she started herself. Louise died. When Adele texted her like, hey, this is the end, goodbye. She should have been like, all right, sis, I'm gonna send up a prayer for you and call it a day. But instead, no, her nosy ass gonna go to that house and it's on fire and is gonna try to save Adele. She died trying to save a white woman. And let that be a lesson. Let it be a lesson. That shit was insane.
0: I was like, I absolutely do not want that to ever happen to me. Ever, like to literally die. Here's the dangerous thing, okay? Adele knew how compassionate that woman was gonna be. Had Louie just mind her business, Mm. we would have all been fine. But the fact that Adele knew what kind of black woman she was and that she was going to show up to the house and do I all mean. that shit is enough to tell me mm-hmm. that white women know that we have this kind of compa- – that's why we <laughs> need to lose it.
1: Take it out. <laughs> or Don't even do it. The bigger plot twist is that white men know because the plot twist we didn't see coming was that the oh, whole time we're thinking yeah, Adele – that's is Adele. True. It's really this white guy named Robert who took yeah. over Adele's body in the exact same way and killed her in the exact same way when they were younger because he was this gay white man who was in love with her man, right. David. And when he got a taste of her life when they were younger after they got out of rehab They realized they both had this gift of switching bodies or whatever. Her dumbass Adele, the actual Adele, let this white boy take her into the forest. They could try to switch bodies because they had never done it that far before. And he doesn't switch back. Shocker. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can't trust the white man. He didn't switch back and then killed her. And then so it's, it's we find out that it's been that. this crazy white man inside Adele's body the whole time. And now this crazy white man is now inside a black woman's body to all be with this one white man. I just, if it sounds crazy, it's because it is.
0: <laughs> I am not surprised at all. But I almost called Sylvia up and was like, wow, uh, you threw me. For a loop with this one,
1: so you can watch all of Lovecraft Country, but this is what keep will not let you sleep at night. Dying as a white woman, yes. My last days, my last hours, switching,
0: oh child, no. Mm-mm.
1: But it would never be us, cause you know we we would have stopped the second we found out that that man was married.
0: Oh no, no, no. I would have sent my thoughts and prayers via text.
1: That's awesome. all I got for you. Sis. I don't know. I'm not doing it. So yes, Behind Her Eyes is crazy. And I'm so glad that you finally watched it with me because it's like one of those shows that you need somebody to go through it with you. Like now that I hold possession of this, I need you to so that when you see me looking off at a distance and like what's wrong with Sylvia, you know it's that I'm thinking about how Louise ended up dying as a white woman. And that's really what it is. (sighs) The rescue mission for Adam, it's flyer TBD. Cause that little black boy is now stuck with these two crazy white people. Please, Lord. It's devastating. It's a tragedy. It's one I will not soon forget. That's behind her eyes.
0: But speaking of white people pulling black people <laughs> into doing crazy shit, um, I have another show um that the black community recommended for me on <laughs> the, black live. the black community? The black community. Um, I was asking for recommendations because I thought I watched all the TV that there was Uh, but clearly I've been missing out on good girls. Yes. Good girls. All right, guys. So it's three friends, two white, one black. That's all you need to know. That's (laughs) it. All right. They, you know, they hit some hard times. They all have their own shit going on and they need some money. So they say, yo, let's go rob a bank. All right. Word. Now, who you think came up with the rob the bank? Not the black girl. Not, not the black girl that was minding her damn business. Not Ruby. Trying to work. Free Ruby. <laughs> I haven't seen all of the episodes yet. I'm still on season two. So but what yeah. I will say, you know, they rob a bank and then, you know, you get a little taste of the money. Then you get to be like, damn, we can make more money doing more <laughs> illegal shit. So, of course, they get caught up in, in the gangster world. You know, shout out to the gangster girls. And I I enjoy it. I really like the black family. I like Ruby and her husband and, and her children. And
1: Ruby and Stan.
0: Yes. Supportive black husband, child to black love. But I know for a fact at the end of this whole series, they're going to set Ruby up. You think? They're going to set Ruby you up. You know,
1: because here's the thing. And it's like, so I love Ruby and Stan. And can I also just say, I love that Ruby is a plus size woman and is just loved- down by her husband on this here that's TV right. show because we don't get to see that really ever on network TV, which is a shame. But this is this is a show that's on NBC, but Netflix also keep, gets to see seasons afterwards. And like mm-hmm. I love just the representation of Ruby and Stan. Let me just put that out there. But then also Annie and Beth, who are sisters, the two white girls, they're sisters, and you know, uh, Beth is played by Christina Hendricks, who I love from Mad Men And Annie is played by Mae Whitman. Mae Whitman has been working since the 90s. She was a child star and like she was in Parenthood, which is another white family drama that I enjoyed. So I've I've been a fan of Mae Whitman forever. And I guess that's why I was keen to want to trust these two to hold Ruby down. But there are definitely moments where I can see That just the truth of the matter is Ruby's black, black, blackity, dark skin, black. And these two lily white women, if y'all three ever do get busted the way y'all might get busted. Guess who won't get politely arrested? Ruby. The one who ain't blood.
0: Because remind you that the two white girls are sisters. So it leaves the black girl out, you know, as just the friend. (laughs) So when shit go down, you already know who gonna look out for who.
1: And that's what I'm saying. And we're creating strife that's not really even there yet. Because guys, I'm on season four. They're still friends. It's it's going fine. <laughs> but <laughs> like I don't want to create this whole said, narrative. That's
0: why I said when the series ends, <laughs> yeah, that uh, last you know, your, season, b- your prediction. whenever it comes, the prediction is, oh, she ain't blood. We
1: are cool. We can run away with this. She can't. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She no, can, I mean, she Stan, Stan and Ruby have taken more hits. Wait till you keep watching. They've taken more hits of the family than I feel like the other two have. And I think it's, I mean, also because, and this is Ruby's fault a little bit, her husband's a cop. Stan's a cop. Why are you going to be robbing banks when your husband's a cop? It's going to make things Well, first difficult. of all, she didn't know that he was about <laughs> to be a cop. He was trying
0: to, like, and then I'm like, in what world in which you don't realize your, your, your husband is doing something like, Becoming a cop like she had (laughs) no idea that he was on his way to do something like that And so when he pops up and he's like, hey, you know, I'm trying to be a cop now. Nah, don't do that Like
1: (laughs) what are you gonna say? No, don't do that.
0: Why why babe? Why can I become a cop and then on NBC? I would say now listen you don't know about the long history <laughs> that black people and the relationship with black people
1: and cops have. Oh, you wouldn't make it about the fact that you were committing crimes. Got it. Absolutely not. <laughs> i make it about it being a crime that you are a cop. That's hilarious.
0: <laughs> I, I do want my good sis Ruby to wake up and
1: run. Find some black friends. <laughs> but anyway, and I have to also say I would be remiss to not mention mm. Fine-ass Rio, who was played by Manny Montana. Oh, most definitely. If nothing else is keeping you through some of the episodes, it's going to be Rio because that man is fine. But, yes, good girls. I think it's a nice, fun, like, easy binge. You know what I mean? But the acting is good and the characters are cool. So, yeah. I'm very happy.
0: I know the world is slowly starting to open back up, but if you're still waiting... Until the coast is clear by staying your ass inside a little longer, then check out some of these shows that are all available on Netflix.
1: All right. Well, that's our show. Thank you all for tuning in.
0: (laughs) Our show is a production of Pineapple Street Studios in partnership with Netflix and Strong Black League. Shout out to our team. Our managing producer is Agaranesha Shagre and our lead producer is Jess Jupiter. Our music is by Amanda Jones. Special thanks to Max Linsky and Jenna Weiss-Berman.
1: Make sure you share your thoughts with us on this episode using the hashtag OKNowListen. Okay please, please, please tweet your favorite Scotty bars because baby, there's all the material. It's there. <laughs> And also follow Strong Black Lead on the socials at Strong Black Lead and follow us too. I'm at Sylvia O'Bell. And I'm at Scotty Beam. Until next time, folks, stay blessed.